and Christian Mazer with Mazer Fit. This is our new video podcast, Bod Talk with Mazer Fit. Tonight we have our special guest, Heather Abrahamson, Heather Abrahamson, excuse me. And uh, she is going to talk to us about all things being a fit mom, having fit pregnancies, and training for triathlons. So um, please feel free to follow her where we will tag her Instagram handle on the screen and uh, you can send us any questions or feedback that you guys have after watching the podcast. So, all right, Nikki, thank you. Um, Heather, so what we'd like to start with is ask you how do you find the time to be a mom, a entrepreneur, a business manager, and train for triathlons? That's a lot. Wow. How do you manage yeah. all of that? Like, I don't understand. What do you, what do, you do? <laughs> I know. Well, I think um, we all give our time to what is important to us. And so for me, fitness has always been something that's like a top priority. Um, I know that's not for everybody. So if that's something that people are like, oh, I wish I could do that, or I wish I could have that, well, then you have to reprioritize things to make it um, something that you fit in your day. Because I mean, at the end of the day, we all have 24 hours. We all have, you know, our work, we all have kids. Well, we don't all have kids, but if you have kids um, or, you know, a family of some sort. Um, and so for me, it's just a priority. And so some of the things I do um, is one is my husband. He's very supportive of like my fitness goals and um, just me feeling good. Like that's my like outlet for the day. And so um, he's supportive of like, hey, I got the baby if you want to go to the gym or if you want to go on a run or whatever. So that's super helpful. Um, and sometimes that's not a possibility. Then I have to work out in my basement with my baby or um, we go out to the garage or, you know, I go running with her in the stroller. And so it's like, you just remove excuses and obstacles and you just make it happen. Cause if that's important to you, you'll find a way. Um, I think the time piece is big and um, giving yourself flexibility, right? Like knowing that it's not the same, like pre kids, I could do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. Now that I have a child and she has to nap or I have to feed her up to put her down at night, like things change. And so you just have to be a little more flexible with yourself, give yourself a little more grace. Um, you might have to hit quicker workouts, you know, push yourself a little harder in a shorter amount of time. Right. So I think there's a lot of things that play into it, but I'd say the biggest thing is just prioritize, make it happen prioritize all right so when do you generally when do you prioritize that is that like earlier in the day or is that kind of like do you just find the time or what do you do yeah so if I had my choice it would be in the morning like I feel the best in the morning most energy that's like when I feel like I can get most things done but unfortunately not unfortunately but I'm training all morning that's like when I have my clients and so um I typically don't get my workouts in until like midday or um, mid afternoon. And it just kind of depends on like when I get home, if, if I have some work I have to finish up like on the computer or depending what I need to do with the baby. Uh, but yeah, so I wouldn't say it's my favorite time of the day to work out, but it's what I have to do. So then on the weekends I get more of the morning workouts in. Um, but yeah, so somehow I squeeze it in. <laughs> I think that's a hard adjustment for moms, I mean, parents in particular, but especially the moms, because, you know, we're the primary caretakers in most cases. And so we have to juggle a bajillion things just to get through our day. And 
I mean, for me, I mean, especially now it's harder because I'm stuck at home. And before this all happened, I would go to the gym. Like the only time I could be alone was five in the morning. Right. And I detested waking up that early to go work out. I'm not, I, my perfect workout time is 2 PM inside a gym where there's no one there. <laughs> and, but that just wasn't a reality as a mom. Yeah. So I had to like get in this routine and I eventually started to like it. And now yeah. that I can't go to a gym, it's kind of like, okay, well, is, is Bailey going to sleep her full hour and a half? And can right. I squeeze it? You know? So I think it is like prioritizing your day based on what you have to do that day. But then there's also right. other range of factors that go into that. So that's another hard obstacle. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I think, you know, we all know with having kids, it just, it, it changes life, right? Like for the better, but then there's also things that you sacrifice a little bit. And some of that is time. And some of that's your personal you know, things that you like to do that maybe have to look different. That doesn't mean you can't do them. They just look different. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a shift. And I think the biggest thing is having that support and communication from your significant other or family or whoever it is for you. So that way you still got to care for yourself. Cause ultimately that's what like fitness is about is like caring for your health. Um, some of us have fitness goals, so it's working towards a goal, you know, those sort of things like that's so important. It makes us better parents, makes us better people. Um, and so, yeah, it is, I think it's a journey and you have to figure out like how it works, you know, as you go and it's going to change as your kid gets older, it looks different too, you know? Right. So how old is Finley now? She's. So Finley is 22 months and then I'm like 33 weeks pregnant. So. Have you noticed as she's gotten older with your fitness routine that she's taken more of an interest into what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. Like she, like she's been in the stroller running with me since she was allowed to be running, like I would say four or five months. Yeah. Um, and actually run with the baby. Um, and so she like loves being in the stroller. Like I've taken her on a 10 mile run before in the stroller. People are like, how did she not cry? I'm like, because she's been in her stroller for an hour plus at a time since she was like an infant, like right. this is normal. And then at home training, um, you know, working out either in our garage or basement. I mean, she sees us do it and we, we make it fun. You know, she has little one pound baby weights. Um, <laughs> we roll out her own fitness mat and I have a little sandbag for her. So she just replicates what we do. Um, and it just, it, it's supposed to be fun. Right. And then obviously she gets distracted while I'm still working out. So right. I give her like cones or chalk or things to do in the driveway while I'm working out, but it's just like, it's just a fun you know, outdoor activity, really. <laughs> Sounds cool. And you're, and you're laying some really great groundwork. I mean, for her to have an understanding of fitness and physical health and that kind of thing. For sure. That makes my, my heart so happy. Like I love it when I train boot camps. And so when parents bring their kids, like it makes me happy. Cause I'm like, your kids are getting to see you do something that's fun. That's good for you. Um, and so to me, I think setting an example for the kids is so important right. uh, rather than like just thinking of a workout as like a dreaded thing. Like, Oh, I have to go to the gym. It's like, no, like we got to work out. We'd be healthy. Let's go running. Let's go ride bikes. You know, it's just making it part of your lifestyle for the kids. Like too. Yeah. Yes. That's all it is. Yeah. Recess. Exactly. Recess. <laughs> so 
touching on what you're saying about support with your husband, um, Colin, now, let me ask you, is he, does he do some of these endurance activities with you to help like go out and go run with you and all that to keep you moving? And, or does he feel like, all right, I got this and I'm going to do stuff in the gym. Now, what does he do? So we do kind of a mixture. Um, he definitely is more of a gym goer than I am. Um, cause you know, he likes to lift and all of that. And I enjoy lifting too, but I feel like I can get my type of lift often, um, at home with the weights and the equipment we have. Um, but he does encourage me to go there often. I'm like, why don't you just go to the gym? I'm like, ah, I hate being inside, whatever. But um, he, we do, we run together. We don't cycle together anymore. That's one um, activity that we've kind of stopped since having the baby. Uh -huh. And running's a little bit easier just because we can trade off who's pushing the stroller. I think once Finley gets older, we'll get one of those attachments where we can pull her. Yeah. Um, but me being pregnant, I can't be on a bike anyways. So we do, we do a lot of activities together. We, um, he comes to my boot camps a lot. So I get to train him and Finley gets to be there. Um, so yeah, like we enjoy a lot of those similar activities, but I would say he also has like his own little niche of what he likes to do too. Cool. Very good. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So you're pregnant with your second and I noticed on Instagram and stuff that you've been posting some videos over the past couple months that you've been doing a lot of running and cardio. And I think from what I remember, you were doing stuff similar to that frequently with Finley when you're pregnant with her. Mm -hmm. Has anything changed? Is your pregnancy in terms of your activity level kind of on par with how it was before? I would say, um, and I would say this is pretty typical for most women, is that like your second child or onward, um, you show earlier, like you're bump pops earlier so in that sense like the pressure was more so with Finley I stopped running at about 28 weeks almost to 30 weeks and with this baby I had to stop about 26 weeks of like doing endurance running like I can still like run a lap or run down the street and back right but like actually being like I'm gonna go for a five mile run or something it's just too much pressure um so I would say timeline wise I felt that a little bit sooner on this one um, but overall, like I've still felt super strong and felt like really capable of doing everything. Like I'm still working out majority of days of the week and lifting, obviously you lift lighter once you get further along just to protect yourself. Um, so yeah, I would say overall is very similar. Um, but I do think partly with this whole virtual world we're in right now because of the quarantine, um, I've been actually getting more workouts in cause I'm, you know, creating virtual workouts and I'm doing the workouts for the video. And so, um, it's like, I'm doing my job that I'm exercising. So I'm actually training more now than I think I did with Finley, um, which is kind of fun and I feel good about it. So yeah, <laughs> it's kind of neat. I know that when I was pregnant with Bailey, um, I mean, I was always a runner. I've never been an endurance athlete. That's something I've always really wanted. But just over the years, I've discovered that that's just not me. That's just not how I'm built. That's not my strength area. I was always kind of a, a sprinter. I played lacrosse, and that was kind of my thing. And swim team, too. I was very yeah. short distance. And when I was pregnant with Bailey, I would try to just – I can handle three miles. Like, that's my perfect. And even just doing that very early on was so uncomfortable. 
And so mm -hmm. swimming was my outlet. Is there something that you found to be like your ideal workout when you hit that point? Yeah, that's a good question. I do think the last month I turned to swimming because that's like the only thing that allows your body to not feel so much pressure. Yeah. Like you almost feel like you're not pregnant when you're just like in the water floating. <laughs> it's amazing. Like it's so much relief for the body. But um, I would say my ideal right now is doing like my boot camp type workout. So getting a little strength, a little bit of cardio and because it's all go at your own pace, you know? And so it's like, depending how you're feeling on the day or what type of exercises we have in the workout, you can adjust easily. Um, so you still feel like you're a part of it. I have the community aspect, which I feel like I need at this point, um, just to kind of keep me going and motivated. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm getting tired. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would say I would probably lean toward that. And then I do try to get out walking. Like we had a snowstorm in Colorado yesterday, like a foot of snow. But um, today I got up into high 40, snow's melting, the streets and sidewalks are clear. So I was able to go on a three mile walk um, with her. So I do a lot of walking um, with the baby and pushing her. And to me, that's like my cardio at this stage, um, just to get out. And I try to like push the pace a little bit, but um, you know, definitely not running or anything like that. I think I'll get in the pool once all that stuff reopens, if it does before baby. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, can you explain, because I think that there is a lot of misinformation and pe people just may not know the importance of staying active during your pregnancy and mm -hmm. what the benefits of that are. Because I found in training before and you know after I had Bailey that a lot of people just didn't understand that importance or didn't think that it was recommended mm -hmm. or, you know, kind of what the boundary areas were. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, we hear guidelines all the time. So the ACOG guidelines, American College of Gynecology, I think something like that. Um, but ACOG, they updated their guidelines for pregnant women in 2015. And so what you hear a lot, at least from the women that I've trained um, or people that don't train with me that I've spoken to are referring to old guidelines or just thoughts they've had about what is okay and what isn't okay for pregnancy, which isn't true. And so I think education is a big piece that I try to share with um, clients or people I know, um, which some of those are like the rule used to be, don't get your heart rate above 140 beats per minute. Well, that's an old guideline. That's not a thing anymore. They do it based off kind of like a range, like rate of the disease, rate of I can't even talk perceived exertion. So like, it's more of like a five to a seven. Like, so you're in that moderate, you know, yes, you're getting your heart rate up, but you're not like overdoing it. And that's going to look different for everybody. That's not the same. Right. Um, the other thing that I've heard a lot is like, well, if you weren't doing something before you were pregnant, you shouldn't start doing it. That's also not sure anymore. They've changed that guideline. If you were not active prior to pregnancy, they now still encourage you to be active in pregnancy. That's how important it is. Mm -hmm. So, um, people who are sedentary before, you know, it's like, no, you should still do something. Now, would you be doing what I'm doing? Probably not because I was training super hard before I got pregnant. Um, but it just shows like the benefits for you and then it, for the baby, right? We're talking 
still that weight management, right? Like you're going to gain weight during your pregnancy, but there's a healthy amount of weight to gain. And then there's an unhealthy amount of weight to gain. I think a big piece of it is mental for women, right? Like think about how good you feel when you exercise, just like you get the endorphins and then you're getting your body moving, which like we're uncomfortable a lot of times, but you feel so much better. Um, I think a lot of women, especially in that first trimester, you deal with fatigue and just being so tired. But like, if you can just make yourself do it, like, I'm just going to go walk around the block. And then all of a sudden that you start to get more energy. And then that walk around the block turns into a couple of mile walk, you know? So, um, I think that it's just like, it's a mental and physical benefit for you and the baby. Um, and then they also say that like, it's supposed to help with the delivery and also the recovery. Like the more in shape you feel and the more you take care of yourself, those things should be easier. So I think there's a lot of aspects of it that um, play out. But the biggest thing is education. I think there's so much that women are scared of. Like I even have clients now who will comment to me about certain exercises I'm demoing or doing. You shouldn't do that. I'm like, this is actually a very safe exercise. (laughs) I'm okay. You know, I'm like, I have certifications in this and I've researched this. I'm good. Yeah. But it's like, you know, people are so worried and I'm like, you know, my body's very capable. My body will tell me when something is not okay. You know, and the baby will tell me when something is not okay. So, um, and I think, yeah, I know it even to get to a point where it would be damaged, like that would take a lot. Like you would probably have to really try to hurt yourself that badly to, to put the baby in at risk. Yes. Like our bodies are amazing with like how much they protect the baby. So you're making a great point. It's it, you know, you, you, you know, when something is not right, you know, like we not only have the intuition, but you can feel when something is not right or uncomfortable. Like if I'm laying a certain way, I'm like, Ooh, I shouldn't really like that. You know, it's like the baby didn't like it or maybe my body didn't like it, you know? So yeah, you just have to use your best judgment. And that's the other thing too, is I always use this word with women. It's just like, give yourself grace, right? Like if you just show up today and you're just walking around and you know, you do a little bit of arm work. Awesome. Like good for you. You know, you showed up and you did something, um, rather than comparing ourselves to these other people doing whatever. So, yeah. So what do you feel like for your clients and people that are following you? What kind of advice do you give them on the number of days per week and how do you mix that up? Like, what do you like to do? based on what you've been through and your feeling of being pregnant? Yeah, I mean, I always go back to the rule of thumb of majority days of the week, we should be doing something. Um, And I also encourage rest days, of course. So, um, and like when I mean a rest day, like I truly mean taking a day of rest. (laughs) You know, like some people are like, well, this is my rest day, but I'm gonna go on a three mile easy run. I'm like, that's not really rest, you know, like that's a light run. (laughs) So it's like really rad. Um, but I do think majority of days of the week is important. Um, just because our bodies were meant to move. Um, and so, but I think that that can look different each day. Like it could be just a cardio day or it could be like a cross training type day where you do multiple things. Um, or it could just be a strict lift day or it could be yoga. Like there's prenatal yoga videos or something like that, you know? And so I feel like just, doing something whatever that is and everybody's routine can be different um 
you know, and that's maybe where you do tap into a personal trainer to get some guidance if you really have no idea where to start or what to do. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think there's a lot of resources out there now, but you do have to like put yourself out there if you're wanting them. Um, especially in the pregnancy world, you have to seek the right, you know, professionals to get that kind of guidance. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Safety first. Yeah. Safety well, first. There is one thing that I want to talk about because I know um, that I somewhat experienced it, but I think that there's a lot of stigma around bouncing back after pregnancy, especially for people like you and me, Heather, who are trainers and we're super fit and we're used to a certain level of fitness and a certain level of aesthetic, which I don't like to really talk about, but it is something that we both think about as women. And I think that, that we put a lot of um, pressure on ourselves and maybe feel guilty about bouncing back, especially because we're trainers. Absolutely. Um, I think I felt that a lot because you want to look the part, right? So it's like, as a trainer, like right now, this is like a very vulnerable time um, in my profession of feeling like I'm not doing my job because I can't demonstrate these core exercises or I can't do a chest to ground burpee or whatever. Like, it's really hard for me to feel like I can't do what I need to do for my clients. Um, and so coming back, right? Like you, you want to look the part again. And it's like, you don't have a core anymore. Like you have to regain pelvic floor stability and like all these things that take time. And honestly, Nikki, I thought that I was going to come back a lot quicker. Um, I was thinking I worked out until like the day I went into the hospital that morning, I swam a mile. We walked a mile. I did. I don't even know how many squats trying to get that baby out. <laughs> so Ooh. I was like, oh, I, was, I was like, half of this baby's out. Like, surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> I like walk. And I'm like, okay, 20 squats, <laughs> come on, water break. <laughs> but you know, it's like, in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to bounce back so fast. And honestly, it's almost good that I didn't because I feel like I have way more empathy and compassion for women coming back from pregnancy now. Um, it's hard and it takes work and it also takes time and it's not something to be rushed. And that's something that I did and I had to pay the price. Like, I ran a half marathon seven weeks postpartum and not smart. <laughs> Do not recommend that. Um, but I had to sign up for this race that sells out in one day. So of course I had to do it. <laughs> I was like, hello, Napa Valley. Okay. So, um, but what happened then is it really delayed my true recovery. I mean, uh, I'm talking months oh, because really? I, it was not smart. And so, hmm. um, I think once again, it goes back to showing yourself grace of like, you just took nine to 10 months to grow a baby, right? And then you had to deliver the baby, bring the child into the world. It's going to take a good chunk of time to get your body back to where it feels normal. And for me, when I finally felt normal was about a year later. And I'm talking, I was still exercising coming back from baby. And I feel like I was making healthy food choices and all that. And I still took me a year. And I remember looking at my husband, Colin and being like, I finally feel like myself again. Like I had no idea it was going to take that long. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it goes back to like, as a trainer, you get it in your head. Like you want to 
be this certain thing and that you want to look good and you want to feel and do everything like you could before. And, um, you know, you just have to be patient and just keep trying little by little and listen to your body and do the homework. They give you the homework of the pelvic floor things and the protecting your abs and, you know, getting that, you know, kind of to come back together and you have to be really intentional about that work. Um, which isn't fun. Like that to me is like boring laying on the floor doing these exercises, you know, <laughs> it's like, no, I want to go throw some weights around and go right. run. So yeah, but it is, it's a stigma for sure. So let me ask you, do you have any Ironmans? Like, well, this is a two part question. I want to know more about your Ironman experience, but do you have anything set in the sights for the future? Yeah, so I'll start with part one, the Ironman experience. Um, it was actually inspired in 2011. My husband's company worked with Ironman, and so we went to Kona to watch the world championship. I didn't really know anything about the triathlon world, but all I knew is I was bawling my eyes out at the finish line watching these finishers, like because these are the top 1% triathletes, right? Just amazing. But they all have such cool stories and just the emotion of the finish line. And so I like told him after watching that, I was like, I want to do a half Ironman. I was like, I could never do a full, but I want to do a half. So he's like, okay, awesome. I didn't own a road bike. I didn't know how to swim, but I was a runner. So I was like, we're going to do this thing. So, um, we got back to Texas and, you know, started investing in those items and then starting to like research. What does this look like? How do you train? What do I do? So it was a journey. You know, I signed up for some shorter races, did my half Ironman. It was amazing. And a week later, I looked at him and I said, well, I'm already trained for a half. I might as well train for a full. And he was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm happy there. I should just keep going. And he's like, okay. And so that's what we did. We decided to just buckle down, pick a race, and then keep my training going and rev it up. And so um, that was pre-baby, I'll be honest. So it was a little bit easier in the sense of time. Uh, my time was mine. The group was only me and my husband. We didn't have any kids. So, um, to be honest, it's like a full-time job training for an Ironman, really. I mean, I was, um, in the pool or on the bike or something by 5am every day. Then I worked a full-time job and when I would get off, I would train again because you're usually doing, you know, two disciplines in a day. Um, and then on Saturdays, my whole day was to do the long endurance stuff, you know, usually a brick type workout, getting a a run in and a bike or bike in and then a run. Um, you know, when you're getting up into that higher mileage, you're talking, you know, 80 mile rides and then plus, you know, six to 10 mile run or 15 mile run. I mean, you're out there. For, you're out there for, tired just hearing you talk about it. Yes. No, it's like, no, I keep thinking, I'm like, what are these people what? crazy? Yeah, we're crazy. Um, <laughs> my favorite sign on the course when I raced was, um, had the Iron Man sign and the person sign just said, I see crazy people. And I was like, it's so true. We are on that. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, it was the journey. It was, I, it took me seven and a half months from before. So it was like, that's for the half Iron Man into the Iron Man training. It took seven and a half months to train, um, to hit the Iron Man point. Um, but that's pretty normal. And it was amazing and awesome. And I definitely said I wanted to do another one. Um, but then of course, you know, we have done another half and then some other shorter distance ones since then, of course, but, um, and then plus all my running, but I wouldn't say at this point, I have another full Ironman on my radar. 
just because having little ones is hard and I, I just don't think that's realistic um, for me with where we're at. And then um, that doesn't mean ever. I think years down the road, that could be something. So I'm focusing more on um, my goal is to requalify for Boston. So I qualified for Boston in, what was it, 2017. And then I got pregnant. And so I didn't get a race in 2018 and you can't defer. And so you basically, if you can't race, you can't race and then you have to requalify. So, um, I decided not to try again last year, knowing that we were going to have another baby. And so my goal is post this baby to requalify and then actually get a race in Boston. So I do have a goal. It's just not the triathlon. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a that's great, that's, cool. that's yeah. a lot bigger goal than I have Same. on my, my plate. <laughs> So what, what would you recommend to women, I mean, and men too, who are driven, motivated, and really fully dedicated to wanting to do, maybe not an Ironman, but just a full triathlon? Yeah, I mean, I think what I love now is like the internet has so many cool resources. Um, I would say pick a race that looks fun to you. Like, to me, that's what's most exciting, whether it's a destination or um, something local that's like means something to you, like oh that lake we used to go boating on it as kids, or something like. Pick a race that like you can kind of connect with. Um, maybe it's also finding a friend who would do it with you <laughs> if you have friends that like fitness. Um, but truly, there's a lot of resources out there to like help support you with just. I mean, I knew nothing about triathlon, and I just started reading and looking stuff up. I mean, there's so many good. Um, websites and articles and bloggers um, you can even follow on social that will tell you stuff and so just put your toe in the water right like you know you can look up what equipment jump you on need. In. <laughs> yeah jump on in like why not you know it's like at that point it's just like the goal is to do it the goal is to try it and try uh -huh. ah, but, you got it <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like once you've gotten your toe in the water and you've actually tried to do a race then you can start to set I feel like obviously you want to have like metrics, like, okay, I would like to do my swim in this amount of time and do my bike in this amount of time. But I feel like once you've done one and you've experienced it, then you can be more like competitive if you want and like set bigger goals. But I always tell people to start shorter. Like don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've only done yeah. two, two in my time. And I'd like to do more. I always have my sights set on an Olympic distance, but do. Um, you know, I've, I've done 10 K's. I'm with Nikki. I'm more of a sprinter. Um, mm. my body starts to kind of fall apart around <laughs> mile five or six. It's like, what is this? So, um, but <laughs> sorry, all the zoom cut us off. So here we're back. But, uh, Christian, you were talking about your triathlon experience. Well, yes. Um, I've done two sprints. One of them was in a pool, and that was kind of lame. That was pretty – that's a good way to get your foot, your feet wet. It was – to me, it was a lot of uh, craziness because people are flip-turning on you, and like, <laughs> it was like madness in the pool. Okay. And you had to flip-turn <laughs> under the ropes – and then zigzag the pool basically for 350 yards you know that was the shortest one but then i've done some open water and that was interesting um i did think that was cool but i, I can't even imagine swimming two and a half miles 
straight and then jumping out of the water and hopping on a bike because I thought it was hard enough to go like 500 <laughs> meters and then do a 12 mile bike ride and then do a 5k. I was like, whoa, I'm burning up. <laughs> you did it right though. So I think you actually made a good point, like getting your feet wet, like doing a one that's in a pool, right? Like you can stand up if you feel like, like right. ah, this isn't going so well, like, or you can grab the side. Whereas right. if you're in open water, there's waves or there's, you can't see the bottom, you can't see a line. So yes. I do think there's something to that of like, if you're, if they really are okay. like new to the sport and nervous, that's probably a good way to start. But definitely because also Christian, you could do long, you could go longer. Remember all it is, is training. Like you can it do it. Training. It is just uh, training. You know, I'm an ectomorph by nature, and I just feel like I'll become more and more along that line, which is fine <laughs> for some, but that's not my goal. Um, yeah. I like to be multi-sport interested. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I still, you know what, one day I'll report to you that I've done enough. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. You know, I think right, though, the longer distances you choose, the more like all in you have to be just because the training takes more oh, time. So oh, for sure. you're putting other things aside for a while. Yes. And I've considered doing one. Uh, and I was until Christian decided to take me on a 60 mile <laughs> bike ride on a whim. It was just what? the first time. In, and was, <laughs> we decided, I, I thought, you know what? It was supposed to be a nice date. We were, you know, Nikki got this new bike, so why oh, not make yeah. it up a six-mile ride. ride? Why not? You know, the, we were going out there <laughs> looking for these blue bonnets. So within the first loop where you have the turn back, you know, you're like, they're like, oh, you're at 20-mile turn back. And I said, well, shoot, we haven't seen any flowers yet. Do you want to keep going? <laughs> we still hadn't seen any when we got to the 30-mile turn back. I was like, it looks well, like we need to keep going. And, of course, he said, so we can always take the sag wagon. And I'm like, this girl will never, never quit like that. And that night, I was so angry at him. <laughs> I thought, oh there is no way that this relationship is ever going to work out. Like, did y'all have snacks? Because 60 miles is no oh, joke. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a, it I had was my a... camera. I had snacks. I was, like, okay. ready for this yeah. adventure. And he's That's like, no, it's a mile vice. And it's a race. Yes. Then I, I, I ended up adopting the camera. <laughs> and um, what was funny was I just would patiently wait at certain areas. And I would think, and I'd just be smiling and hope that you weren't too frustrated with me. <laughs> But it was that day that I realized, mm, you know, let's rethink this whole. Yeah. Like, hmm, who is this man? Yeah. So, yeah. But I, I am fascinated by the world and, and just the ability of people to be able to do that. Because I'll be on a three-mile run and I'm like, am I done? Like, like, I don't know if I could even go a half marathon distance. And It's mental. I mean, it's, it's all a, mental. Play. Sure, mental but, and base training. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm 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 thoroughly impressed with everybody that that I know personally, and just people that are capable yes. of doing that because it's it's a it's a beating it's a beating. It is, and I do think some people's bodies do handle that mileage and like amount of training better than others. You know, I think biomechanically, like my body is created to be an endurance. Like you're saying, you're a sprinter. 
I'm not so much a sprinter. It doesn't matter how hard I try. I'm just never going to be like a super, super fast person. I can get speed, but not like super fast. Hmm. So I think everyone's just created differently with, right. um, you know, what they're good at or what their body can handle. So, but I still think there's a piece of it that you'll like, look at some of the people doing Ironmans and you're like, how are you doing that? Like, you don't look the part, but they do it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, and then the, yeah, and the, the ones that are at the top of their, their game, I mean, they're just machines. So. Yeah. It's unreal. And I just can't even believe like how some of the people, when it comes to an Ironman, you see some people that are coming in and it takes them 12 to 14 hours. And then some people are cutting that almost in half. And you're like, what? Yeah. It's insane. It is. Like, so, I mean, more power to you because when I was in the, in the open water, one thing I'd noticed, and, and I feel strong in the ocean and this was a lake, but this was white capping because it was literally wind so windy that it was white capping and there was, and it was more muddy and just, you know, you couldn't see anything like you were saying, because in the ocean, you might be able to see the ground a little bit, but there was no frame of reference. So I ended up in order to not swallow water while I was trying to do a freestyle stroke, um, because of the white caps hitting me, I ended up choosing going breaststroke for some of it until I made a turn, which mm -hmm. was my way to just duck under the waves and then try and propel myself, which I know is a little bit slower, but I, th I said, you know what, instead of getting frustrated or panicky with the, the turbulence, just yeah. find a way through it. For sure. And especially because that's like the first event of the three, you know, it's like if you're wasting so much energy in the water to fight those waves and all that, I mean, you could really like kind of burn yourself out before you even hit your bike and run, you know, so you have to kind of gauge like the, okay, well, today's water is a little choppier than I expected, you know, and you may have to adjust. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and where did you do your triathlons, Heather? Um, so my first race or my first long race, I did the Galveston half down in Texas. Um, and then I did my full Ironman in Boulder. So I'm from Boulder. And so that's kind of like a, where a lot of the pros live and train. And so <laughs> it was actually sold out when, cause you know, I told you, I decided like three and a half months out that I wanted to do it. Um, and, but they do something called the foundation entries. And so basically you pay a lot of extra money to, <laughs> to <laughs> do it, but the money goes to the city, um, to like for different nonprofits and stuff. And so I was like, you know, that's where I'm from. And like, mm -hmm. if I'm going to do an Ironman, I should do it in a place that's special to me. So it's like, I got to swim in the Boulder Reservoir where I grew up swimming. Like as a kid, I got to, you know, the transition is at the Boulder high school where I went to school. Uh, um, cool. yeah. And then you're like running on the Boulder Creek path where it's like, you know, I just grew up there. So it's like, and then I had so many friends and family come and support. Right. Um, so yeah, so I did my full in Boulder. Um, and then I did another half in Lubbock, Texas. So, um, that one was interesting because it's actually a little hillier than you think you're thinking you're like in West Texas, but there's some big hills out there. Um, open water swim, um, that I actually flatted on that race. That was pretty disappointing because I was, um, had a great swim was like rocking my bike. I was like pacing to get a really good, you know, time and I flatted and I had new wheels on that, um, 
or what do you call it? I like don't even know that terminology anymore, but basically uh, it's tubeless. Uh-huh. So I had a canister to blow it up, but it was so hot out that it exploded and I didn't have another one. So I'm literally sitting there and I'm like, I can't fix my tire. Like, and people were trying to stop to help me. They're like, can we help? And I'm like, you can't like, it's go, it's okay, go. So finally um, I got help about 45 minutes later, um, sitting on the side of the road. And uh, so I was able to finish the race, but that was a little disappointing just because my time was blown. And so at that point it was just like, now just have fun. Now encourage other people, make the best of it. Cause I knew I wasn't going to like PR or anything, which is what I was going for. So it was kind of, um, hard, but, um, but then I've done a lot of like small local races all over. I did the Lake Ray Hubbard Olympic. Um, that one was choppy too, Christian. They had that's the white. One, that's the one that I know of. That's the, uh, Toyota one. I believe it's, it's one of the series. It's the final one in September. Yes. Yeah. That, that, one, that, that swim was hard because the weather was bad. So when you were describing your experience, yes. I was like, Hmm, memory. Well, I remember when you went up to do Boulder, weren't you living in Texas at that time? Yeah. Did so we like were living in transition to train down in the low levels, like <laughs> 570 feet above sea level. And then you went up to what is that? Like 6,000, 65? Yeah, just by that. Just like about a mile high. So like 5,200, I think is Boulder. 50, okay. I think it's like 5,280 is Boulder, Denver. Okay. So how did that, how did you train for that? And like, I mean, I know that you went up there like a little bit early, but you don't, you didn't go up there early enough to really start laying down the, the hemoglobin and all that. No, stuff. you know, it was one of those things. I just like, didn't even let it worry me. I was like, I knew for me, the Ironman was going to be, I just want to do well and finish. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like, I, I did go up. What do you call it? Like kind of like a base camp. I did go out a couple, I can't remember if it was like two and a half months before. And I stayed out there for a week to do some training um, just because that's my home. So I went, flew home and then did some training while I was back. Um, And that supposedly helps um, a lot of athletes do that. But yeah, there's not a lot else I could do. And it was kind of out of my control, but I didn't really notice it to be honest with you. Um, I think I would notice it more in reverse like if i trained here and then went to sea level i think i would be like oh i got all the oxygen in the world to me coming back to boulder wasn't i didn't notice it but i also don't think i was racing at a speed that i noticed i'm not sure but but a speed you had to complete the thing it didn't matter what speed (laughs) i know i don't know it's like a blur. You kind of like black out partway through. You're just like, I'm just doing this. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you are so into cardio, Heather, I mean, something that Christian and I did that we certainly did not train properly for this thing. Mm-hmm. But now that we've done one and we know what it's like to do another one soon would be awesome. But it's a it's a series, it's a mountain series race called the Cirque Series, and they do it at different mountains in the summer in Utah and Colorado, mm-hmm. and I think California. Um, yeah. But it's, it's ultra running, so you start at the base, you run up all the way, and then all the way back down. 
and we did ours what three years ago it was they're all between six to nine miles and it was what three years ago yeah yeah and we did ours in snowbird in utah so and i mean we certainly did not have a great time it was more of like let's just see what i mean (laughs) great time in terms of completion time but (laughs) i mean we we did it more because i had fun we did it more for you know let's see what this thing is like this thing's looks right. cool like what is the experience what is yeah. the culture the vibe blah blah it was awesome. and even though we didn't we, we were one of the last people to finish but we were so enthralled because we we're not from that area with the beauty that we yeah. stopped and looked and took pictures and this and that and the people on the trail were super encouraging very fun uh-huh. and Aww. a big party at the end they yeah. had breweries coming and food and prizes and parties are the best at the end i mean yeah. so and certainly look into that if that's something you're i will and, and we'll you said they have some in colorado out. too yes yeah. they mm-hmm. i think they do one in colorado it's more up in utah though. okay nice you usually you summit the mountain and the guy that won this so to give you perspective of what it was like 9.2 miles. And I don't remember the exact, I think it was like four, three or 4,000 up vertical. Then you have to come running down. And the, uh, the guy that won it ended up doing it in one hour and like 10 minutes. And um, you're, you're going, what? How do you do that? And when they got, and the, the, got the, him the up there, right around there yeah and when they got him up there to ask him you know what what did you do to train for this thing he was like oh i just came up here and i ran the trail in the dark so i knew with his dog with his dog so he knew where the rocks and the steps and the blah 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 (laughs) were and i'm like yeah that's my dog i'm like no way (laughs) and how can you see anything i'm gonna run with the headlamp on and go run for that my and so we learned that there's a totally different, it's just fascinating, the culture. And so, you know, being down here in Dallas, the culture, there is the culture here, but it's, it's, it's few and far between. And the more you move up into those, those more outdoorsy states, mm-hmm. you see more people getting into things that you, we would never even dream of. Like, right. I never thought there would be a series like that. And then some of the people that are doing these things, I overheard them talking and saying, well, yeah, you know, you know, there's a group that goes out and runs on salt flats 50 miles and does, and I'm like, 50 miles? What? For fun? Ultra. Yeah, they're, they're going out there for fun. So that, that I, I know it's like that in Colorado too, like the Leadville, yeah. you know, area, yeah. you know, Leadville 100. I mean, that's super intense and awesome. Right. So, um, it is. It's like there's always like cultures in different places of like what's normal. And so, you know, we're really granola out here and outdoorsy and all that. But it's easier to like make it happen when you have like the mountain right there. And there's trails all over the place. You know, it's like people do it for fun, where that's their activity. They don't want to be in a gym. They want to go outside and do the activity. So, yeah. But I'll have to check that out. Sounds fun. <laughs> Well, Heather, this was awesome. Yeah, like we're had a great very appreciative of you talking yes. to us, and let's try to get this going again. We'll come up with some other topics to go over. For sure. Yeah. So yeah. fun talking like with you guys. So what are we doing? And when did every damn thing change? It always happens in an instant Had I missed it, 
again I say that I'm leaving And you call me up at half past four You say you're drunk and all alone Next thing you know you got my jeans back on the floor 